All right. This is Polo. This is Beckon. We here. We coming. The battle continues. This is Born to Battle. Good. Got your water. You all the way turned up? All the way turned up. All right, man. Let's do this. Hey, yo, Chris. Yeah, what's up, man? Shall we get started? So on this episode, we discuss Chris's desire to remain an athlete. Exciting stuff to uh, get you back in, in competing, don't you think? Oh, 100%. As a lot of people know, I was and still consider myself a competitive athlete and someone who just thrives in the moment. Growing up, I always was involved in sports, so it's kind of only fitting that I try to continue to be as competitive and still have some type of athletic experience and a way to express myself and kind of have an outlet. I agree. So uh, we'll we'll dive into what you're trying to do and uh, kind of what the current movement is as far as trying to get a wheelchair for specifically for these races. Correct. And then um, about who you're going to be running with. So we'll, we'll share that story. Absolutely. 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 So a uh, big thing that I have figured out still with ALS uh, one way to still be an athlete is kind of through running. So with that, I can be put into a wheelchair-specific running chair. That gives me the opportunity to have someone else push me. Now, where this all started was a friend of mine, Bobby. He actually started running marathons about four years ago on essentially a a dare or a a bet by his wife where she kind of said, well, I bet you couldn't or I bet you wouldn't or something along those lines. Challenged him. Yeah, she challenged him outright. And Bobby being the uh, person that he is, took that in full stride and before you know it, that guy started training and become very into the idea of becoming a runner and running marathons. It's a crazy idea, but with his mindset, he just jumped on and went for it. When he started running and training for marathons, he did lose a good amount of weight and has been in some of the best shape of his life, which has been an amazing thing. Uh, that's come also with the driving passion of running marathons now for him. Absolutely. And how did you guys come into contact? I know Bobby actually through Taylor. Uh, Taylor worked with his wife and okay. they become real good friends. And so that's how it all kind of began the connection. Okay. To knowing one another and eventually where he was out on a run one time. Sometime after he found out I'd been diagnosed with ALS. And it just kind of hit him hard. 
and hit him in the core to where he, I don't know how to say it in the best word, but like most respectful, humbling way, he wanted to push me in the marathon. And to me, when they reached out to us, man, I got to tell you, I lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> Taylor will tell you, I was smiling ear to ear, just kind of thinking I can still compete again. Almost like I lost the notion of that being be possibility. Yeah. So he's able to bring that back for me, which is something I don't even know how to say thank you to in any way for an athlete to be re-energized again. And my situation is beyond anything could ever come to. So right. that's kind of how it started with, with Bobby and his passion and that moment for him where he wanted to do this with me. And he was honored, but shoot, I was honored just as much. Yeah, for sure. And that's an amazing story of how you guys just came up to it and and really gave you something to revitalize you and and your mind that you hadn't been able to do in some time absolutely because with ALS being so devastating it's an honest question that people ask themselves what is there to live for and why should I keep going on and fighting granted I had many other reasons to continue to fight. But man, I'll tell you, being never run again, at least being pushed on, <laughs> uh, that, that gave me the opportunity to look forward to training three, four times a week with them. Because believe that I'm not just in it for the win and being for the marathon. I want to train however many times a week. No headphones. It's something I take serious because Practice and training is part of the whole journey itself. And that race day, all those jitters, all those hard, hard hours of sweat and urine breaks and everything coming up. Yeah. What we worth in what of a better way to bond with a friend also. So yep. it might be early mornings at five o'clock in the morning. But I'll stay in his house or something. I'll <laughs> figure it all out. But yeah. It's it's really something that's got me really, really excited. Yeah. And, and yeah, I just lost for words sometimes. Ready to race and race fast. Yeah. For those that can't see him, I'm the only one that can see him right now. But <laughs> just when Chris is talking about this, he's elated. Like you can see it in his face, how happy it makes him. So that's cool. That's, I mean, people search for that just for anything, right? Just a reason to be happy and that's doing it. Absolutely, man. I could be a Crest commercial sponsor right here with this Malik I go for. <laughs> I don't ever want to put words in Bobby's mouth, but our first marathon, which we're going to go for, is the LA Marathon, hopefully in March of 2021. And we'll see how that first one goes and if there are other ones down the line, which we're very hopeful for, but we'll just kind of see how this first one goes. Yeah, 
at least you, you guys are giving it a shot and see what you can push, right? Very Literally. true. Very true. Yeah, what he can push. <laughs> so even with all that, Bobby and his wife have worked to get us a, a racing wheelchair. So we're very close to that. It's extremely exciting. So we'll keep everyone posted on when all that kind of gets arranged and set up. But yeah, oh, that first day we get it, better believe we're going to be out there. You can look for us, maybe run through Torrance, or we'll be on Redondo Beach on the pier. We'll see where we can go. There we we'll go. Look out for us flying. Flying. Oh, baby. And I think, too, what's also amazing about that, people see us out there persevering on the racetrack and maybe inspires them a little bit. So with our love and our passion, it'll motivate others. And also, more people maybe find out about ALS and just become more aware of it. So a great thing can come from it in multiple areas too, which is something that that is just going to be an amazing organic thing that's going to come from it. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like part of the reason we're doing this in general is to share ALS, share the experience, share the positivity that someone with ALS can live with and does live with. So it's beyond just you know, participating, you're here to really share a message, right? Right. And like you just said, it's like live with ALS. It doesn't restrain you. It doesn't stop you. You can still enjoy things most people in life can just with a little bit differences to them. So with all that, it'd be a great thing. Now I got a question for you though, Plum. Uh I know you've run a little bit before in your past. (laughs) Very little. You're right. <laughs> Some of those, what, rock and roll marathons or rock and brews? Uh, I did the shamrock run. Shamrock run? With a beer so, at the end. So the beer at the end, it got you inches, huh? No, actually, um, that was just a challenge to myself to see if I could run in a marathon of any sort. Okay. And, um, yeah, it had nothing to do with the beer at the end. If anything, I think I took a sip of the beer and that made it me want to throw up. Oh, so it wasn't the best awarding of a participation. Yeah, not, not for whatever. Yeah, not for me. Would there be anything then? No, let me backtrack. Is a first and only and last marathon? Yes, that is my, my one and only that I have participated in. It was an 8K. Okay, not bad. Yeah. Would you ever be interested in pushing me in a 5K or something of that? Oh, you'd be putting a challenge out there. Yeah, I would do that. Okay. Absolutely. All right, I just wanted to corner you a little bit and see if you'd be interested in something like that. Yeah. Yeah, don't ask me to do a full marathon. No, that's not going to happen. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) No. uh, (laughs) 5K, yes, 8K, probably. Anything further, you might have to get somebody else. I'm not a distance runner. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Respect, man, I love it. It'll be another thing that'll get me to travel wherever you are, and then we'll be able to do it. Or you yeah. come wherever. 
Yeah, we could make, meet up in cities, right? Doesn't just we have could. to be anywhere. We just go somewhere. I just got to make sure I can run that far and push them. <laughs> yeah. So there are some uh, little logistics we'll work I out. could run with a wheelbarrow as my training. You could. I would pay money to see that. I mean, that'd be just pretty intense. Run down the street with a wheelbarrow. That one would be a little tough to control, though, but I've got high hopes of you. Yeah. I think it'd be tougher than the chair, but I guess I don't know. Yeah, well, that makes sense because one is built for running. <laughs> so I assume it's a little easier. I would hope so, or else they have a very flawed business and product. Oh, man. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, well, we can just continue on with, like, why you're what made you an athlete like why what made you first start playing sports and what were the sports you played growing up i would say my dad made me an athlete 100 percent from a very young age shout out fred fred he he coached everyone in little league and all the sports Mm -hmm. but i believe in my memory holds true the one of the first sports that I really played was when I was four years old, maybe. Gave me a tennis racket, so I started playing tennis then. I believe, yeah, four years old, maybe five, somewhere around that age. Mm-hmm. And just kind of stuck. I loved it. I loved playing it. I loved practicing everything about it. And it just kind of blossomed over the years into many different sports. Played soccer, football, baseball, basketball. So the main ones I was always about. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. You would ask me at a younger age, what's your favorite sport, Chris? And I always had an answer. It was always whatever sport I was playing. <laughs> oh, it's the greatest sport in the world. I love it. I'm going to go to the pros in this. I remember always saying that him on my mention. I don't really know what his favorite is, but what is he playing right now? Mm-hmm. And so I just kept playing sports, man, and met this guy. So I love how sports bring people together. To, it's a beautiful thing, man. It really is. And taking that competitive edge, high school, um, junior college baseball, a little bit of everything. Who don't love sports? But you didn't make it? You didn't make it to the league? No, I did not. I failed. So I got to be honest. I knew you played baseball. I knew you were really into baseball. I don't think I ever saw you play a game. But but when I envisioned you playing baseball, Uh I I just think you would play like Ken Griffey Jr. Like swaggy, had like that appeal on the on the field, just like you just showed confidence when you just pulled up. Wait, hold up. Did you know Griffey was my favorite player? Uh, I may have known this, but I I don't. <laughs> I didn't think of that offhand. I was about to say, whoa. Yeah. So did you did you like was Griffey who you looked up to growing up? Absolutely. Growing up, Portland, we had to say our manners up the road. Mm-hmm. Any way I could, I emulated him. My swing, 
playing the Owl film. I idolized Griffin. Yeah. By far favorite player growing up. To this day, the kid is the best. One hundred percent. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he was like that first. I feel like that first, like straight from the from high school to the pros kind of guy for the MLB, which I don't think happened next to ever um, prior to him. No, man, he really changed the game and was so marketable. Mm-hmm. It was before or actually right around the time when Jordan was really big and Griffey was after baseball. Yeah. Griffey was a man. Everyone loved him. Yeah. Yeah, the shoes. No, man, yeah, the shoes is so nice. So <laughs> nice. Were you a big fan of baseball at all growing up? Um, I was, so I was forced to be a fan of one team, um, for family reasons, but I didn't watch baseball really growing up just because there wasn't, I mean, we had like the Portland Rockies, right. Or, or the Portland yeah. Beavers at some point, but I mean, nobody really truly follows those teams. So we didn't, I mean, I think I went to one or two of those games growing up and that was about it, um, for Portland, but my grandparents that were based down in Reno, they were huge fans of the San Francisco Giants. And like their whole basement was dedicated to the San Francisco Giants. They had memorabilia for days. Yeah, I, those are definite diehard fans. Yeah. For the least. Yeah, so um, I growing up, I went to a few games for the Giants, either in spring training or in San Francisco. And uh, that was kind of it as far as my exposure. But yeah, I, my grandma would not let me in the house if I was wearing anything with another team. She would make you take it off. She was, it was no no jokes. <laughs> no playing around. They meant business. Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting, man, how so many of our teams and sports can be passed down the love of it through our elders. Mm-hmm. It really is a good show. I'm passing down basketball, I know. So mine's kind of changed. I grew up with baseball, loved it, but basketball, there's something about it that that draws me to it mm-hmm. all the time. I feel like it's just more action. Like it, It's constantly something going on. Agreed. Yeah. When did you stop playing football? Football is only a Pop Warner. Okay. So, seventh or seventh grade, maybe. Okay. So, out of all the people you played against growing up, who do you remember as, like, sticking out or somebody that actually, like, made it to a certain level of professional? A teammate of mine, uh, baseball, uh, DJ Johnson. All that guy threw gas and his slider was nasty. Yeah. Yeah, me and him lived together in Mount Hood. Yeah, I visited you one time. Yeah, out there. Did. yeah. <laughs> that guy's got straight determination and never give up. Mm-hmm. I am, I am. 
envy that so much and end up going to, I believe, Western Oregon. And then he ended up pitching in the bigs for the Rockies. Oh, really? He made yeah. it? That's he what's up. And that, if you think about that, a dream come true to step on the field and you're so happy for him, his family, and all of that. He was um one of the big ones. And another guy from our high school, Turf Curl, made it the big. Like a good friend of ours, though God made it. Mm-hmm. It's like, what people don't know is how difficult baseball is and how grueling the whole process to the minor leagues is. Right. But they didn't live in a dream. You make it back to college, you did it. In my yeah, book, for sure. You know, it's carry forever. Absolutely. I remember one one good friend of ours who was a scout told me, you got one thing guaranteeing you over time, that is you'll retire from baseball. So none of us have a career that lasts 50 years. So eventually, you got to figure out what else you're going to do with your life. Mm-hmm. That kind of insight really helps propel the ideas of what you will do once you're done with the game, which yeah. is really important. Yep. Sometimes yeah. we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> For day to day to day. Day to day to day. Day to day to day. that different every single time. You know that? I know. It does, it's always different. NFL and safety with the coronavirus. I think they're facing a challenge. Any business it's facing. How do you keep your players safe? I don't know. I always think they have too many people on the team for it to successfully work. Too many moving parts. Mm-hmm. Can't have, like the NBA, a secure area where they're monitoring who's in, who's out, everything of that nature, which is, in my opinion, will make it a little tough. And with all those people, some are going to have the mentality of, I want to do whatever I want. I'm not going to take it as seriously. So I honestly don't see the NFL starting when it wants to. Yeah. That's me. I'm putting my money on that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's going to be a tough one because there are so many people, so many people involved. And then, like, you would basically have to take over one or two whole to- hotels just for one team to I'm- stay at and then close it off to everything else. But then there's limit. Uh, I mean, they're, they're still getting exposed to people that work at the hotel. Like, there's so many other factors of them encountering others. The so, logistics are just a nightmare. Yeah. Like if you break it down, how in the world can you contain all those individuals and expect nothing to backfire? Go ahead, word, because it's unprecedented time, man. They yeah. learn on the fly. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, even like the NBA, 
you can't even go out and get food. Right? How's <laughs> you can't go out. You can't go out and meet your Uber Uber delivery driver for your food without getting quarantined again. Very true. So mm. I mean, controlling all of that. And then, did you see like that they came out with another face shield part that covers the mouth? I heard about. It's that. like it's an Oakley one, which is funny that they felt the need to make it oakley branded um but it just looks like kind of silly but it makes sense to have it don't get me wrong i think it makes sense but at the same time that little shield isn't completely covering everything there's still room for exposure in so many avenues that like that little face that little face shield really is that gonna make the difference man it's a contact sport where they're hitting each other so it's like, how much will that help? It's like one of those things that on paper, whoever created mm-hmm. probably thought, oh, this is a brilliant idea. But in reality, it doesn't seem too feasible. Yeah. It's kind of like one of the other items that they discussed was not letting players trade jerseys after a game. It's yeah. kind of the same thing of, are we just tackling each other, everything on the field? Yeah, when I switch a jersey with a friend, that's somehow wrong. Right. Yeah, like, if it's that bad, why are you going to let them play, too? So it's like one of those things that right now plans that may sound better to them than they are mm-hmm. in actual theory. I'm just glad I don't have a job over the end of it. I'm glad about that. Yeah. Good luck. For real. Um, yeah, that. I mean, honestly, I don't think the NBA season's going to finish. I, I really don't. You said that before. I remember you weren't too keen on the success. Yeah. Too many variables. Way too many. Yeah. So I'm hopeful, but we'll see. I'll, I'll pose the question, though. Well, actually, one work. I was thinking, what about all these soccer leagues? But they're in Europe, so they might have a a better edge on tackling COVID and how to navigate it with less cases. Yeah, but, I mean, they're not allowing fans in the soccer stadiums yet. Correct. So. I mean, it goes back to the same kind of scenario for basketball is where it's about that many people for your team. So it's thir- under 30, mostly. Way more doable. Very good point you brought up. Yeah. Um, Come on, NBA. You got it. I know you can follow the La Liga or the Premier League. Yeah, do that. Uh, one one person I'm sad that is done re- and has retired from the NBA is Vince Carter. Oh, Vince, the uh, Prince, man. Have men have made Yeah. Oh, man. You know that guy played in how many decades? Four decades. Four decades? Yeah. That, I can't wrap my mind around that. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm not it's like, even- man, he played for 40 years? <laughs> right? <laughs> Just go to show. Oh, that's crazy. The longevity. And that dude loved to play. Everybody wanted to see him fly. Oh, my goodness. Dr. Funk. Dr. Funk. Don't call this. 
I know, I know you gotta remember that. Oh, of course. Wild. Best Jump dunk up. contest. I mean, they do crazy, crazier dunks these days, but his overall lift and just like smooth execution of his dunks a far above anybody else. Best dunker, in my opinion. It's crazy how much they get up, man. Yeah. Bunnies for sure. Yeah. yeah. It'd be nice to fly like that, but I don't know. It's not happening. Uh, yeah, my only commercial. <laughs> Business nice. class, not first class. I'm not in that level. <laughs> but I do get the board fast being in the winter. First on, last off. There you go. I have That's basically first class. A little bit. There's some perks if you drop with me. Kind yeah. of thing. I got the uh, blue carpet. Yeah, you do. Blue carpet over to the handicap placard. Beautiful yeah. thing. Pull up in a prime spot. If oh, is this for me? <laughs> right? A little side note. People, don't abuse handicap placards. That really gets me under my skin. You walk out, able-bodied young person. I definitely, I stare you down. And <laughs> I mean to. Give you dirty eyes. <laughs> if you think it is, it absolutely is. I might be a nice person. That bugs me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> For sure. That was a good day today. I think that was just a nice little, little chat. It was. It's something that's going on day to day for Because sports, I've, they don't have nothing to talk about at all. Mm-hmm. We're going to the same story, same everything. Right. As though we get more. More and more good, solid info. Mo, mo. All right. So we are going to move on to the ALS update. And we're going to talk about what are some of the biggest changes you have experienced in life, uh, basically since your diagnosis. I would say there's a lot for biggest changes in life because it affects you mentally and physically. I can honestly say that with the diagnosis of ALS, life as I knew it from that day um, before that ended where nothing was going to be the same. I wouldn't have the same physical capabilities that I once had and just the thought of knowing your time is a lot more limited. It changes everything. Now, yeah, it sucks, but it gives you the opportunity while I'm here. How else can I adjust and get used to the new normal? Well, a lot of us are adjusting to a new normal as well. So we're 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 rocking with you on this ride. That COVID screwed everything up. It's like I get ALS and COVID. Man, they're trying to beat me up. It's messed up, but I won't let it. No way, no how. There you go. And I think, too, in terms of uh, relationships, family, friends, loved ones, your partners, it really makes them tighten up in a sense. 
So you see how close your relationships are with friends and family and how negatively it's affected their lives too, where they're throwing a curveball as to what's going on with ALS and how it's changed them in multiple ways, multiple ways in comparison to just me and my physical changes. But the physical changes haven't been too bad. It's more of the thought process in the forward thinking of what am I going to lose next that's harder. Mm -hmm. But once you're there, it's easier because you're slowly experiencing some of the symptoms and how your life's changing. But recently I had this discussion with another friend of mine who had ALS that I've become close with through the um, ALS chapters that we met. But we both are kind of talking to the extent of would it almost be easier to just have all the abilities gone in a flash to where you don't have to go through the frustrating part of slowly losing all your abilities. So the question we posed and how there are pros or cons and how it almost could be easier to wake up, all right, I can't move, can't dog, can't anything, and you just know that's your new normal instead of this will be my new normal eventually. If you were in a situation like that, what would your thought process be on that balloon? Ooh, that's tough. Um, as far as what I want it to be all at once or slow progression? Correct. All at yeah. once is slow progression. You know, I think I'd rather, as difficult as it will be, I think I'd rather have it be a slow progression because why jump to the worst conclusions and expect for nothing to happen that that's to me that's kind of giving up hope as far as anything going on that that might help or the experiences that you can still have so i'd rather be able to live it up and do kind of like what you're doing live with it and not let it define you still just do things yeah i think that's that's my approach to it i like that approach yeah live it up and Taking stride. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, life is an experience. And it's for the most part, it's a beautiful one. It most certainly is. Yeah. And that smile you have just shows me how beautiful this parenting is. <laughs> Thanks, um, man. I was getting, um, getting real deep over here in my feels. Oh, we got it, man. We got to be open and honest. I think we got some good hood news today, Chris. We do. Yeah. What was that, man? Break All it right. down for the hood. Break it down. All right. So I tested my Uber Eats delivery just to see what like what's going on, see if I can get my actual food. Oh. And I put in an order and it was a success. So oh. but I also opted for a different order to pick it up. So I am trying to do my part. <laughs> so you got your food. Now what to do order? Because I think that might play a role in these mysterious Uber Eats delivery foods 
disappearing on you. Mm, I think it was some level of Chinese food. Pretty sure. You don't even remember? I don't recall. I, I feel like I ate out a lot this week, so I, I don't recall. It doesn't seem like it was that good that you can't remember. Wherever I you mean, it's probably something I order somewhat often, so it's not like has me shook every time I eat it. But maybe my life should be that way. Maybe I should have these food experiences where I'm straight shook every time I eat. Absolutely. You want that food to move you in some type of way. But how do I make that happen? Try wild, off-the-wall items. So you're in a place, go try some. But what if I hate it? That's an experience. Oh, that is an experience. Okay. I remember. It might not be a good memory, but you remember it. See? You're right. You're right. Sit back slowly, enjoy that delicious food that you didn't have to get off the couch for. That itself is a memory in my book. (laughs) Hey. Oh, you bringing me my food? Cool. Remember when they used to like come in and actually like will follow your notes? Did you ever leave notes for your delivery driver to like bring stuff in? No, no, it's never <laughs> big on any of those. Now, it don't sound like sometimes at work we would get it, but they'd always mess it up and never want to come upstairs or security wouldn't let them. So mm-hmm. I've limited experience with the Uber Eats and drivers really bringing it right to my doorstep. Yeah. Blazing it down in front of me. <laughs> I've like, heard I've heard of some people like bringing up like open my door, take ten steps forward, <laughs> turn yeah, left, like turn left, place the food on the table, do not look back. <laughs> if I was Uber driver doing that, I would leave it at the bottom of your complex right outside and make you come together silly directions like that. <laughs> Hence why you don't work for Uber. Absolutely not. I know so delivery. Look, no delivery. A little bit of good news for me. Have you been seeing or noticing a lot of ice cream trucks out about now with COVID and cruising around at all? Um, I've been hearing some near where I live in Portland, Beaverton area, but uh, there hasn't been too many, but I also feel like we don't have a lot of ice cream trucks up here in general. It ain't a hood thing, huh? I guess not. Not my hood. That's all right. Thank God. I think they have good ice cream on it. I remember back in the days growing up hearing that music, and then I'd want to go get the strawberry shortcake ice cream. Fire. That was my favorite one everything done. So That's sweet. Right? Yeah. Four With like the crumbles on it? Yes. Yes. Man. I love that one oh, too. <laughs> see, only time I ever would eat the ice cream truck. I see the grocery store and never. There's yeah. like a nostalgic thing about it. Running down the street. Yep. Oh, you got this. Once in a while, the baseball glove with the bubble gum bun. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Or the turtle. Man. <laughs> the Ninja these Turtle. Kids these days. The SpongeBob. Oh, man. There's so many good ice cream on ice cream trucks. Yeah. There were definitely some good ones. But you know what's messed up about ice cream trucks? The what? The music. What about it? 
It's like historically like, like a racial, like racially driven song. Man, that's messed up. Why? Why? I don't know. <laughs> but it is messed up. You're right. I'm boycott ice cream drugs now. Man, we're small enough. We could probably play good music or something else. People still come running. What yeah. change? I agree. Uh, all right. If, all right. If you were to change it, I'm putting you on the spot. What would you change it to? What would, as Khalees would say, bring all the boys to the <laughs> So, first thing I think of, or like I get a little excited about when I think of ice cream, it, it makes me happy. Right. So I get happy from it. So I think that Pharrell song, Happy, would uh-huh. just like be blasting through, letting people know, yo, the happiness is outside. Oh, I like the way you it's sing. pretty good, right? All the kids will be happy. The parents are happy. The kids are out of the house. Mm-hmm. I think that's a win-win situation. Yeah. What about you? What would you do? I'd bring him back a little bit. Okay. I'd go DMX. Ooh. Yeah, okay. That guy brought heat. We right here. So you know how it goes. Bring it. What? We right here. We ain't going anywhere. We right here. Where's the ice cream? Love you. Bring it, man. That's, that was pretty good. But I don't think I don't know if I'm catching on with what song that is. You couldn't understand me well enough. I thought I did a great job singing, man. You That's did a great job singing. Up. I just couldn't I'm understand good. you. <laughs> <laughs> look into it. Johnny, all right, I'll 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 look. Sing. Uh, I'll check the lyrics. I'll run it back. I'll run it back. <laughs> all right, for Don't sure. Get your ice cream. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah, I think the ice cream song should change for sure. I think we are going to be an integral part of it changing. Yeah, I mean, I think along with ALS and just us, we're going to change the world with the ice cream song. Oh, yes, yes. I love the way you say ice cream song change forever, never, never, ever. Can we, can we make this a thing, the ice cream song challenge? I think so. Oh, we should have people uh, submit songs for what ice cream, what the ice cream song should be. I think that works. If you want to, uh, Beckett's Battle, hit me up on Instagram, uh, message me. Let me know what you think. If there should be what you think the ice cream song could be and give an explanation. We want to hear that. That's half the part. Sing the song to make it fun. Let's see what you got. Yeah, let us know uh, what makes you so inspired to have this new ice cream song. Right. But what makes you run to get ice cream? What makes you happy for ice cream? And uh, yeah, if if we get some good submissions, who knows? We may, we might not get any, but if we do and we like some of them, maybe we could have you join our next recording. Maybe. What's the time? Come on. And then you could discuss why you chose that song. 
Very true. Or maybe you write a song. Who knows? What contains the world of ice cream? <laughs> yeah, vegans included. Uh-huh. Who well, run the swell? Well, we do. Girls. No. <laughs> I know that's supposed to be us in a podcast. Why not? So I just went with it and I felt face first. It's all good. But you know what? You're born to battle. Yes, I am. And you are too. We're battlers. Yes, sir. Like Our... battleship. But we don't sink. We swim. Oh, with life fest, it's important to practice proper safety protocols. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> All right. Yo, that was a good, good hood news segment. Well, I like the news. I think we're going to keep an update with the hood. Yeah. I know what's going on. Maybe next time I should go out and talk to the ice cream guy and be like, hey, what are the chances we could switch this track? I'll highlight mine. One of mine's got dope um, cartoons on it. A word? Mr. Cartoon? Yeah, kind of. Man, seems like a dope person that would be open to that. Like, oh, really? Yeah, mess with y'all. Let's do it. Then we mix it all and have them come in. Mommy, daddy, uncles, women, witches, dogs, what do you name it? They're there. Yep. That was a nice little ramble, but that was good. That was good. <laughs> I feel it. All right. We're going to change the world one song at a time. One band, one truck, whatever. Let's do it. Hey, Blown, yep. where can they listen to this podcast? Or even tell other people about this podcast. Where are we at? What platform? Oh, you know what? We are on Spotify, for sure. We are on Apple Podcast now. It is for real, for real. It's official. It's official. It's real, like Charlie and Shark the Factory's golden ticket. Exactly like that, man. Yeah. Exactly I like know. that. No, we're real in that's the moment. so our podcast also has a website. You should be able to find your website our website through uh Beckett's Instagram handle. We'll get that updated. We'll let y'all know. And um, through that website, you could actually listen to the podcast. So have our episodes. It also has a link to Chris's Instagram, Beckett's Battle. And we also have a link to Chris's GoFundMe page uh, for ongoing fundraising. Fancy stuff we got going on, man. Oh, we do. We're not fancy people at all. So it's kind of ironic. We not fancy yet, but actually, one time in Mexico, we were the bougie boys. Oh yes, we were the um, three sixty degree view mm-hmm. of all of Mexico City. Yep, yes, sir. And I felt like a royalty, like I was eating a three hundred dollar dinner with fifty dollar glass of wine type meal. Yeah, absolutely. We had some nice cocktails there. I remember that. The view was better than the food. Oh, uh, 100%. But the guy was nice enough, our server. He, he was, was good. he was. I'd rather go down to the street corner and eat tacos instead of that food. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which we did plenty of. Uh, wait <laughs> every night. It's hard, man. How cheap were those tacos? 
Oh, I mean like a dollar piece, maybe a dollar fifty, if that. Oh dang! I thought they were like thirty cents a pop for tacos. Nah, I'm pretty sure they were more. That's a real hard. Well, I am. I look definitely look like a tourist, so that's true. Probably did get hassled. It's okay. No regrets. Living life like that, no regrets. Zero. Absolutely. All right. So yeah, thanks to everybody who's been listening, tuning in, checking out what we have to say. Enjoy hanging out with us. Yeah, come hang out with us. You're bored. Just want something to do. Oh, what's blowing back it up to? Oh, oh, that was nice. Right? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> then y'all can just listen in. Yo, I wonder what they're doing. I'm not going to call them, but I'm going to tune in and listen to what they say. Hey, it's like a, a low-key creep, but you learn a lot. Hey. So I'm down for it. Come on.